Good morning, babe. Hi. Hi. Sorry, there's no skits today. How's everybody feeling coming into December? Tired. I feel like I just need to get some energy out because it is December and I know a lot of us are ready to just clutch out. And a uh, fun story is last week, Gary and Louise asked us if we want to, if we want to share this week. And um, Louise ended up preaching and what she preached on last week kind of convinced us that we could, we could say yes because of Jesus. She said that it's easy in December to just clutch out and we were so looking forward to just, just clutching out. And so she just, her, her finger just pointed at us and she didn't even know it. And so we just, we love that we get to share about Jesus. We love that we get to share about him. He's our favorite in our relationship. He's held us. He's led us. He's led us to those quiet streams. He's, he's revived us in so many spaces. He has gotten us married. I think without Jesus, we would just be messes. And that's the beauty, is that Jesus comes in our brokenness, and he, he restores, he revives, he makes new, he makes beautiful. I mean, George, she just is already so gorgeous. I don't know how she could get more beautiful, but <laughs> i kiss you later. It's true, yes, it is true. And not just doing it for brownie points. She does make an excellent banana cake. She did. We were supposed to be prepping, and she was baking a banana cake yesterday. But it was, it was a part of God's ministry to her. She really smiled the whole way through, so God's joy was all over her face. But uh, yeah. a cool story is we got married fairly recently. Yeah, we did. Two and a half months ago. And uh, honeymoon was beautiful. We loved just spending time with God together in a space where we know like this is the first and the only moment you get to do that. So we, we took it really intentionally. And so we just asked, would the Lord speak to us? And I really felt like he did. He spoke to us. When you ask him to speak, he's faithful. And, and when he speaks, he doesn't, he doesn't just drop a bomb and leaves it. He really guides you through it and wants to unlock more in our hearts. Um, but during honeymoon, we, there was a number that God just highlighted to me. And, well, to both George and I, and we were asking God, like, what does this mean? Because we really felt it so strongly. Do you remember the number? Yeah, you see, 1822. And we both just felt like there was something in that that God wanted to tell. And uh, I felt instantly one of the days that God just said, Proverbs 18, verse 22. Normally people go to Psalms. It's easier to just go there. There's more numbers. But I really felt God say 18, verse 22. So how cool is this? This is just highlighting how cool God is. So I was just sitting there next to my wife. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then this is 18 verse 22. When a man finds a wife, he has found a treasure, for she is the gift of God to bring him joy and pleasure. I just, I just started crying. <laughs> it was so exciting that God just wants to tell me again that this is something beautiful. And I feel like this morning God just wants to tell you again that he is beautiful in your life. He just wants to send you, it may be just a nugget, it may be just a treasure piece, but he is after your heart. He is after your soul. He is after your mind. Not for the sake of having servants, but for the sake of having sons and daughters. He's a good father. He loves every one of you. I feel it. I'm not just trying to say it to be a, a, a good man with a mic. He really is after your heart. And that's why we're standing here, because we, we just want to continually respond to his invitation over our hearts. 
his invitation. It's always his goodness that leads us back to him. It's always his goodness that puts us in the path to the pleasure that he has for us. And as you guys know, we've been preaching about Psalms 23, and I think there's just so much gold in that. I love that we have internet, and we can go back and listen on those. So I want to encourage you, if, you have, if you've missed one, or if you want to go back, if you want to learn how to cultivate a relationship with God that's founded in resting in Him, founded in His identity, not yours, His identity, to actually call you in and say, I am enough for you. I am your shepherd. Then I really want to encourage you to go through what, what's actually been preached. And... Uh, you like to say anything? Yeah? So Louise, last week, she was mentioning that it was so good to go on retreats. You can, you can correct me if, you, if you're wrong, if I'm wrong. You correct me if you're wrong. Don't call you, I'll call me. She commented about how it's important to go on retreats. Those moments of getting away with the Father is so important. It's what Jesus did. Also remember that Jesus did it because he knew he was ministering. He went alone to be with the Father, not just to be with him for himself, but to be with him knowing that when he's with the one who's love, he hears what the Father's saying and doing, and then he does it and says it. And I think that that's so important. But then also there's the reality, Joburg North, we live in, that life is busy. I, I can hear a lot of you, I can hear it in your posture, that you're tired. You, you might be a bit weary. You've been through the journey of getting to know God and then there's disappointment and getting to know God and then disappointment, getting to know God, then tragedy, getting to know God, then trauma. And this ebb and flow of going back and forth can really be tiring. I know that there's some amazing people that I've met who have such deep wells with the Lord, but yet in the tiredness, we can just pull away. And, and I want you to just know that the Father's kind. He's He's a good father. He knows we don't get it right. And, and I think that's the beauty of grace itself. And so Louise was saying that it's important to find that rest. Hers is in her car. How was your car trip this morning? Good. It, uh, the people. But we all can find that resting space with the Lord. And rest is not about inaction. So I want you to hear this because it's something that rest is often preached about, it's talked about, and this is just another way of saying the same thing, but it's still important. There's still a piece of the puzzle, is that rest is not about inaction. Rest is about restored vision and passion for the right action. Because so often we want to rest, we want to clutch out, and we just shut down. But then now, you know the feeling of trying to boot up again. You feel like it takes everything out of you. You don't feel good enough. You feel ashamed, and you're like, oh, damn it, I, have to, I have to start this again. And I believe that when we rest with God, when we rest in Him, in the in-between moments, in the day-to-day, when we find that space with Him that He's invited us into, He revives and restores our vision and our passion for Him and for ourselves and for one another and for community. So, rest isn't about inaction. It's about restored vision and passion for the right action. We need constant reorientation. I don't know what it is about the human condition, but we need to constantly be brought back to the center of Jesus, constantly brought back by him, constantly dependent on him. And so a part of this morning, we, we're not going to speak for too long. In many ways, we're, we're bringing across the heart of surrender, dependency. So that means in many ways, we're just 
trying to be dependent on the Father, dependent on His nature. And I want you to know that dependency is not your shame. It's your honor. Our neediness for God, our utmost neediness for God is actually an honor, not a shame. He pours Himself out for us. And so when we actually neglect that, we naturally fall into self-pity with other people. Or we naturally just fall into pride. So I just want to encourage you. Your dependency on Him is so important. He wants you to depend on Him. And He longs for your dependency. Psalm 23. Can you read it? just going to be focusing on the first three verses. He might touch on it later on, but mainly these first three. So, the Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness, so that I can bring honor to his name. It's just such a beautiful verse. Can you read it again? <laughs> the Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his, his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that, I, so that I can bring honor to his name. I actually think this is amazing. The more you read it, it just, like, just more and more sinks in. It's, I mean, we've read this so many times over the last week, and I'm reading it twice now, and I'm like, whoa. Um, but the main part that's just really stuck out to me in those specific three three verses is that he offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. I love that luxurious love. It's not just his love, it's not just luxurious love. I mean, just God's love in itself is amazing. And I just, that description is everything. Um, and I think also just how Dale, Louise, they were, how they touched on rest and what that means to rest in God. God's literally pouring out his love for us to come and rest in. It's not just not trying to find him and kind of, okay, I'm going to try to find you and rest in you. It's that he's saying, I love you. I am pouring out my love over you. Now come and sit with me. Just come and just lie down, stand up, just be with me. And in doing that, that's just where we find rest. And I think the, the one thing that's really impacted me over the last couple of months is that thing of he really does want to pour out his love over you. We know... We can read the Bible and we know it speaks all about God's love. It speaks about how great it is. It speaks about how much it is. But the fact that he wants to pour that love out on you. not He wants to pour it out over, over all of us. But over you individually, he's saying, here's my love. I love you. I just want you. And then the next part of that is that we can receive that love. We can sit in that love. And that's then when we can go and love other people. Now, we can love people all the time, but to find that sustainable, consistent love for others and those around us, it all starts from him. So that in, I think that's been my encouragement over the last while, is that if I can just sit with him and receive his love and actually just connect with him, 
I think it starts not with going to him to get, but just going to him to be. And so if we can just sit with him, receive his love, and then we look at the person in front of us, now that will be proper love that we're able to give them, and it'll last. We're not doing it out of our own strength. I think that's the, that's the key. And then I've been reading Psalm 103, which I think you should all go read. <laughs> in the Passion, it's called Our Father's Love. And I've just read it over the last few months, and it's every time... It's quite a long one, so there's just so much to actually just touch you and to impact you. So I really encourage you reading that. Um, so I'm going to touch on two verses. The one is um, Psalms 103, verse 8, which is, Lord, you're so kind and tender-hearted and so patient with people who fail you. Your love is like a flooding river overflowing its banks with kindness. On that one sentence, there's so much. But one, God is so patient with us. I'll touch on it now in a few minutes, but he, he's not hard on us. He's not this hard, horrible dad. He's this dad who's patient, who gives us time, and through his love, he just watches us, and if we make a mistake, he goes, that's okay. Let's try again. I love you. Let's go again. Come to me. Let's go again. He's so, so patient. It's something that I don't think any of us can fully understand, because even the most patient person is still not as patient as God, and I think we all kind of can get to a point where our patience runs out just a little bit. But his doesn't, which that messes with my head sometimes, because I know mine does at times. And it's, your love is like a flooding river overflowing its banks with kindness. I mean, his love, his kind, all of it. I feel like I don't even have to fully go into that one. It's just, again, the way this is written, it just describes God and his character. I think if we can just catch on to these things where we can understand and believe his character, his character in general, his character for us, all of it, it just, that's, in itself will just it brings such shift and such change and you know, such growth to us, to our hearts. And if we can all do that, it just <laughs> that just blow my mind. And then the next one is Psalms 103, verse 14, which says, You know all about us, inside and out. You are mindful that we're made from dust. And this one I think I must have read at least 15 times yesterday while we were while we were prepping, because I just I was just blown away with, again, how good and gracious and patient and kind God is. And I think I've definitely learned that God's expectations on us are, not, are a lot more easily attainable than we think. I think our minds think that we and it often will come because of the people around us. We, we often will you know, think of God in certain ways because of people. Because, and it's actually the easiest thing. We, sometimes it's a bit difficult to kind of think or understand God in ways because he's not a physical person in front of us. I mean, that's the whole journey. But his expectations on us are not that difficult to reach because expectations are really simple. Um, he just, he wants to love us. He wants us to love him. And then he wants us to love the people around him. And that's really it. So when we do make a mistake, he's like, that's okay. Because his, he's not this, he's not looking at us going, no, you need to do this and this and this. And if you can do these three things, then you're good. He's just saying, it's just, it's just, just love me and let me love you. He also created us. So he knows the detail of us. He knows the mistakes we're going to make. And he knows why we've made them. He knows, that he's mindful that we were made from dust. We're human. We're people. He created us. He sees every single detail of you. And so when you make a mistake, he's not shocked. And so that's, I think, that's been the key for me of going, Okay, it's not an excuse to then be, no, no, God knows I did it, so it's fine. God knew it was going to happen, so I can just, you know, it's, we can just leave it. 
but it's actually an opportunity to to go to him and to be like, Lord, I know you know I messed up, but I did, and I just, I need you now. And he's constantly saying, just come to me, try again, come to me, try again. And this morning, I, we just spent some time with God, and I just asked him about this morning. And this is what I felt him say for all of us. So I said, I want to be with each one of them. I want to know them, and I want them to know me, my sons and daughters. And now pass my you are his he chose you you are his i am easily accessible today there is a new understanding of the real sweet and gentleness of my love to know that in the world to know that in the world they may not deserve it but in my family it's free flowing always for them and again i think we in our minds can create how things are what things should be like the way society has kind of formed things we, we often fall into that. So we become very hard on ourselves. We become very hard on one another. But he's saying that in his family, his love is so free-flowing. He just wants to give it all out. Beautiful. So George, I, I call her Deep Well. She, she speaks about love a lot. She, she loves really well. But the beauty about this is that, that her relationship with God is deep, and it's not just the top surface where we talk about God as love. This comes from the deep well of, of her life. And, and that's who Jesus is. That he, he actually comes to the depth of our being. And everything that we give is his love. And uh, George and I were... Come dance with me. <laughs> so we talk about trust and we talk about dependency. Um, when we were learning to do our wedding dance, it was a bit of a disaster. <laughs> We had one lesson from my granny, not, not, not my granny Ellen, another granny in Cape Town. And uh, that was very embarrassing. And uh, it, I didn't want to do it I could, because I couldn't do it. I'm a creative, I'm a, I, I like to do exuberant stuff, but the fact that I couldn't dance was killing me. So it, it, it required a next level of dependency. But now, George and I would dance, and then we would do, we would do this a lot, a lot. It was just... And now we were going to get married. It was, it was scary. And then we, we, did, we had one moment of coming to the church. We put YouTube on, onto the TV, and we learned a few. We learned a ramba. We learned a waltz. In the space of like 10 minutes, we learned all these little tricks and turns. And we realized the, the most important thing was that my freedom would be met with her freedom, and that we would trust one another fully in this dance of devotion between us. So come our wedding day, we actually danced, and we, we learned a small one where it was, it, it was just one, two, three, four, one, da-da, I love you, you love me, let's get together and make a family. So we, so we ended up dancing, and uh, it, we literally only prepared that the, 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 day, the day before. Yeah, we apparently weren't supposed to see each other, but we were dancing together. And... Uh, Maybe there will be a video release, but I think I just let loose and started doing circles around Geordie because there was this freedom and this dependency in one another. And I knew that she was trusting me to lead. So there was a bit of a, it was, it was tough, but I knew she was trusting me to lead. And that relationship with trust is the most important relationship we can have with the Father. How can you expect to rest in his arms if you cannot trust his arms? How can you expect to hear the truth from him if you don't truly trust him? And so that does stem back to our relationship with family, our relationship with friends. We've been hurt, 
and our trust has been broken. But he's never broken his trust, and we project that onto him. So trust is one of the most important things. And this, this week I was talking to the Lord, and I just asked him, because I realized I was not becoming dependent on him. I was trying to think, how am I going to do this? How am I going to provide? How am I going to make a way? How am I going to lead better? How am I going to do all this? How, how, how? And I felt him invite me back into that dance, back into that full dependency on him, that it is actually more masculine for you to be vulnerable with the Lord than it is for you to be hurtful and just make a way. So the Burmaka plan thing is, is good if it's in submission to God and if it's with him. But actually, I think the most masculine thing is a man who surrendered to the Father, fully surrendered to him. Because that does, it, 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 it takes balance. It's not easy. And so I asked them, God, what does dependency look like? What does it really look like to be dependent on you? And I felt him just in, in capital letters highlight the word trust, to trust him. And I felt him say specifically, trust me enough to wake up early to spend time with me when you're tired and you don't feel like it. Trust me enough that when you look at your bank account and it's empty, you smile. When you look at it and it's full, you smile. And so trust is, is not an easy thing, but it's the most important thing. And with that, I want to read one of my favorite verses. And I'm reading out of the Passion. If uh, you don't believe it's a proper translation or anything like that, speak to Gary and Louise. I don't remember what they say, but it's very accurate. Yeah, sorry. But not today. The Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 8. Trust in the Lord completely. And do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you, and he will lead you in every de decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all, for wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. Then you will find the healing refreshment your body and soul long for. So I think that's incredibly beautiful, and I'm going to read it one more time. Trust in the Lord completely. Do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on Him to guide you, and He will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with Him in whatever you do, and He will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all, for wisdom comes when you adore Him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong then you will find healing refreshment your body and spirit long for. So there's a lot in there. There's a lot of invitation into intimacy, invitation to trust him again and again and again. And the fact that when we make him Lord of every area, he enters into the scene um, without us even knowing it. George and I, we went to the shops the other day and um, it had been a while, a while since I've actually just stopped and prayed for someone. And, and I asked the Lord, like, what's going on in my heart? Why have I felt so hard? And the Lord spoke to me about a few things. And he said, just start having conversations with people again. Don't, stop, trying to be a, stop trying to minister. Stop trying to be something. Just try to have a conversation. But allow him to lead me further than that. That I just walk away with somebody who smiled because I said they look cool today. And, and so I just invited the Lord into that. And we got into a conversation with a guy at Diskim, and I won't, I won't religion, uh, I won't religion, it's true. I won't mention the denomination as a part, because I don't want to dishonor other, other ways of doing things. But man, my heart went out for this guy. He, he was broken, he was expressing stuff in his heart, 
and uh, had been through depression and is on all these serotonin things and he was actually working working there and I just stopped and I said and I've been through this and Jesus is has been my answer he's he's the answer within modern medicine but he is ultimately the answer and so I just said can I pray for him and he said yes and we just George and I felt some stuff for him but he was so bound in the shackles of religion he had some chains around his neck with some saints and he had a scapula something something to pray for this protection there and he even mentioned yo man i've I've only know so much but there's just so much more to go like and and he was ready to do it but i felt so he felt he he seemed hopeless that there's all these things he needs to do but he can't and it, it just reminded me of what we're preaching on right now is that actually it's the shepherd it's jesus it's it's the one and only jesus if he didn't come to planet earth i don't know what would have happened but jesus and so when we, when we were done praying for him, George and I just began to walk and pray afterwards. And I just felt, I just felt Jesus come on me. I don't, even, I don't even know why, but I felt his heart for the lost. The heart for the lost who are lost in religion and have been hurt by religion. Because he's the father that broke religion when he smiled and said, come boy, I'm here. So grace is the collision on the way back home to the arms of the father. So I just want to, Land a little bit in Jesus. Land a little bit in Jesus with one of my other favorite scriptures. Matthew 11, verse 25 to 30. Then Jesus exclaimed, Father, thank you, for you are Lord, the supreme ruler over heaven and earth, and you have hidden the great revelation of your authority from those who are proud and wise in their own eyes. Instead, you have shared it with these who humble themselves. Yes, Father, your plan delights your heart as you've chosen this way to extend your kingdom by giving it to those who have become like trusting children. There it is again, trust. You have entrusted me with all that you are and all that you have. No one fully and intimately knows the Son except the Father. And no one fully and intimately knows the Father except the Son. But the Son is able to unveil the Father to anyone He chooses. Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Come to me. I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with me. Learn my ways, and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you, will be pleasant and easy to bear. I do want to read that again just later as we, as we close. But you can see how important it is to trust him completely. To completely give him everything. To allow him to lead. To come to him. To join to him. To join means to abide. To remain in him and let him remain in you. He's made you worthy. And I just want to say that just off, off the back here that actually there, there are some of you this morning who do want that love, who do want that extra little bit of him, but you don't know how to get it and you don't feel like you're worthy of it, whether it's through messing up a few extra times, whether there's something in yourself that you believe is actually flawed or not good enough. His price, the cost he, played, he, he, the cost he paid is it's worth it. The cost he paid is big enough. Our sin is not bigger than his cross. Our sin is not bigger than the price he paid. The blood of Jesus has covered everything this morning. 
not just 2,000 years ago, this morning, His blood is covering you. And I want, to de- I want to declare that, that His blood is covering you. It's brought you into this new covenant. And it's a beautiful place to rest in. So there's a movie. It's called The Pilgrim's Progress. Have any of you read the book, The Pilgrim's Progress? Do you all know it? No. You sh- Louise says you should know it. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I, I grew up on it. My dad used to read it to me at night. It's like another one of those Narnias. Yeah. Jordan, didn't, Jordan didn't know it. Just in case it makes you feel <laughs> Alicia, Jordan didn't know it. <laughs> okay. Anyways, Pilgrim Progress. It's known to be one of the most influential books in Christianity other than the Bible. It talks about a, a man named Christian, ta-da, and he goes on a journey towards Jesus. A journey of discovery, a journey of walking out of his stuff and heading towards, they call it the celestial city. So it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful adventure book that I really encourage you to read or find. On YouTube, there's an animation. We're going to play a four or five minute clip now of a portion from it. But it's very much in your face and you can identify with the journey that you go on. He comes across and he meets a few people along the path. He meets a man called Worldly Wise Men who takes him off the path and leads him somewhere else. He meets legality, which makes him feel like he has to do so many things to get back on the path. He, he comes across so many different people. He, he meets a man called Hopeful, and you see what happens in Christian as he meets these people and walks with them. So I just want to play this clip. It is five minutes. It's an animation. So, yeah, it's December. Just rest for five minutes. Allow yourself, your adult self, to enjoy an animation and just take in what Holy Spirit is saying through this. My gift to help you on your way may be summed up in these words. Look, do not just see, listen, and... And do not just hear. You are ready to continue your journey. Ponder the things you have learned today, that they may prod your sides and lead you to that place your heart so longs for. to follow the king's road no matter how difficult it may seem Riches I heed not for man's empty praise Thou mine inheritance now and always Thou and Thou only 
to go forward, the king shall give me strength. And if he wills to ease my load, My burden is finally being loosed. <laughs> oh, I was right to follow the king's path, for with, with each step, he is setting me free. just happened, Christian. Who are you? We are the King's Heralds. Do you understand what just happened? My heart! It has been cleansed! My King did for me what I and no one else could do. He has rid me of my burden, and he has given me new life. Indeed he has. New garments for a new life. The king has made you one of his own. You walk as a prince before him, Christian. My heart is overwhelmed with thanks, for my filthy rags and heavy burden have been taken from me. And in their place, such blessing, such Great blessing beyond compare. For now, continue on your journey until you reach the Palace Beautiful. There, you will be refreshed and readied for what lies ahead. Thank you. Thanks, Em. So that part of the movie is definitely my favorite. I do want to encourage you to go watch it because I think, I mean, you can understand the gist of it, but I mean, I'm sure some of you are probably wondering, okay, that looks a little weird. But it's definitely worth watching. Um, and just, you know, every time it gets there and he's walking up that hill and that part where he, he knows then, I mean, by that time, he's, he's gone the wrong path multiple times. He's met the wrong people. He's done the wrong things. And now finally, it's like the first time in the whole movie where he's picked the right path. He's finally caught on to 
I was even saying to Dale, actually, while we were watching it, I was like, oh, I'm, getting so, I'm getting so frustrated with him. I, he, he obviously has to go that way. Why isn't he doing it? And then I stopped, and I was like, wait. <laughs> How many times do I turn the other way when God's, well, maybe he's obviously saying go that way, but, you know, you walk the other way. But then he just carry on walking, and he brings another path. But that part where he then realizes, he, where he says, this is really difficult, but I know that in God's strength, it'll be okay, and I'll get there. I mean, that is just powerful even when it's difficult, because I think a lot of the time it is going to be difficult. You know, when we go into moments, you know, it's not this easy life that we're going to live from here on to the end. You know, it's, it's going to be hard in moments, but it's so worth it when it's done with him and when it's done in his strength. And when it is done in his strength, the difficulties don't feel as difficult as they could feel. I just want to read a small part of this book. It's called Always Enough by Roland and Heidi Baker. It's one of the books I had to read um, when I went to Brazil. And this chapter itself is called, All Fruitfulness Flows from Intimacy. And Dale touched a bit on intimacy. So I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there's just sections. So in this, I just, when I read it again, I just felt the thing of resting in God and also just allowing his love again to pour out over you. So it says, it's time to lie down and let God be God. He is mighty, and nothing is impossible with him. He wants to kiss his church and transform you with his love. He wants to captivate you, and he wants to shatter your box. Often, our God is too small. So not saying God is too small, but often we make God too small. He is huge. He is amazing. He is beautiful. He just wants to, he wants to give you everything. He wants to love you. But he's first just saying, come and sit with me. Yeah, so I just, after watching that video and just seeing the joy when he gets to the top, we are all on this journey. That's the thing. We're not, it's not some of us who are actually there. Because I don't think we've actually, it takes, <laughs> will we ever get there? Maybe one day when we're actually with God, we, we're there with him. But we're all on this journey, and that in itself is a beautiful thing. We are a community. We are family. And together we can sit here being on this journey and not be ashamed of it. We can be vulnerable in saying, I'm on this journey, you know what, I'm actually struggling. I'm on this journey, and I feel like the load that I'm carrying is super heavy. But when we've got Jesus, and we've got each other to lead each other to Jesus. We're not going to fix each other, but we're going to lead each other and love each other so that God can, can impact us. So I, that is just one little encouragement that I feel. Now, we've also felt just a thing of community. I think with COVID and just with how things have gone, Communities felt a little more difficult for some people, I think, um, to just come back and, and kind of just be and express yourself and just be here. But it's actually really worth it. I'm still figuring it out myself. I'm not always the best at community and at fully you know, being there. But from the little moments I have had, it's completely worth it. And you're not alone. We're all on it together. We're all on the hill. We're all just trying. But we've got incredible father who loves us and beautiful people so can everyone just take out their phones for a second i didn't i didn't prep this i just i, I want to do it just take out your phones um go into your camera your selfie camera i know it's not always the flattering things on the phone i know i know i know yeah I mean, Derek, I'm pretty sure you look pretty on a selfie. 
just take take it out and 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 look at yourself. It's not easy. Even with, yeah, I'm, I'm serious. I know I'm I'm grateful. I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm joking. But now you're looking you're looking at yourself, and I just want to say, look look into your own eyes. You are his beloved. You. Yep, you see you. You are his beloved. You are worth it. He paid a price for you. The person sitting next to you, Jesus Christ, glorious King, is looking at you the same way that you're looking at yourself, except he is calling out your worth and your value right the second. It's not just a demonstration and an act for a good preach or something like that. It is the fact that he's looking right at you, and he wants you to see the way that he sees you. He wants you to see what he says. He says, you're beautiful. My daughter, you are beautiful. Don't listen to the lies. My daughter, you are beautiful. Don't listen to the wrinkles. My daughter, you're beautiful. My son, you are mighty. You have what it takes. You have what it takes. The father is saying over the young and older men that you have what it takes to lead well. You have what it takes to be a beloved. You have what it takes to be a kingly heart in this kingdom. You have what it takes. Jesse, you have what it takes, my dude. I see the men in this church, and you guys have what it takes. So do it as often as you can. I probably, you probably won't do it for the rest of the year. It's a short year. But look at yourself and realize that he paid a price. Don't undervalue yourself. Don't undervalue the price of Jesus. So I just wanted to start to close off with that. And I think December, you should call devotion December. Just like the, the proverb says, wisdom is found when we adore him with undivided devotion. I know a lot of us want to go into 2023 with wisdom. So get devoted this December. He'll give you the wisdom for that. Don't even go and try and search out the wisdom. Search out him. He is wisdom. So can we all just stand and engage Jesus together? Jesus, we just stop. I ask for your voice to come through. That George and I are just two other humans on a, on a journey, but you have redeemed us, you've made us whole, and you're guiding us, you're teaching us. So Jesus, would your voice break through the barrier right now? In Jesus' name, I declare a breakthrough in hearing his voice. I declare a breakthrough for, through every lie of unworthiness that his voice comes through. Jesus, we choose right now. We trust you completely. We choose to not rely on our own opinions. With all our heart, Jesus, we say, guide me. Guide us. Lead us in every decision we have this day, this week, guide us in our decisions with our family, with our time, guide us. We choose intimacy with you because you've chosen it first. You're our shepherd. We know that you are looking after us. We know that in you there is nothing we lack. So we choose intimacy with you. Lead us, Jesus. 
we adore you. I adore you, Lord. I adore your face. I adore the shiningness of your eyes when you look at us and you say that you are my beloved. I have paid a price and I fought for you. Jesus, we love you. We love you. Thank you that you came to reveal the Father. Thank you that we can come to you and we see the Father. We see the goodness of his nature. We see the repentance in our own eyes. We see the kindness. And we just choose. We choose to look at you. I choose to look at you again. That this is not in our own strength. We are fully dependent on you. And that is the beautiful thing. Jesus, you chose to be fully dependent on the Father. And I thank you for revealing that. That you showed us that we can do it. You showed us that sin has no place. That sin has no hold. Jesus, you are beautiful. You are beautiful. So we just say, and say this in your own strength, with the little bit that you have, with that little bit, just call him. Say, come. Come, Lord. I invite you in. Just say, come, Lord. When you invite him in, he draws you to himself. He draws you to the place where your weary soul, your burdened soul, gets that rest with him. So Jesus, we come to you. We come to you.